everybody. From Salt Lake City, Utah, the crossroads of the West. <laughs> it's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I am Chris Lemon in for Dan Beecher, who is off sailing or on a sailboat. Sailing away somewhere. Yeah, I know. Like an Enya song. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and coming up on today's show, uh, on the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about something that happened at the most recent uh, BYU graduation ceremony. Their valedictorian came out as gay during mm. his uh, during his little speechy thing. So, isn't that a thing? Wow, I'm sure some heads popped off. <laughs> well, I love the video because it's like there's this like pregnant pause oh. from the audience, and then people are like. Yeah. If I applaud, <laughs> if I applaud right now, will I get called into my yeah. bishop's office? <laughs> and we'll talk about whether or not you would have been um, uh, coming up. Uh, but first, Chris, thanks for being here. Thanks for filling in, dude. I am so excited to be here. It's been a while since I was here last, like probably yeah. like five months or so. Probably. Um, it's yeah. Really, it's really good to be back. Yeah. I'm super happy and stoked and. Smiley about well, it. It's always lovely to have you. So thanks, um, Frank. And yeah, so coming up first, I have a story about. Um, <laughs> oh, unfortunately, uh, in Iran, um, the uh, Ayatollah, uh, the Grand Ayatollah Nasser Makamram Shirazi. I, I, that okay. was good, right? Yeah, um, that's how you he, say it. He has. Uh, <laughs> Issued a fatwa, Chris. Oh, on a very important topic. So a fatwa is really like uh, a call for execution, like a call for. I think it's a call for action, more than anything. Really, because if you have a fatwa called against you, that means that anybody who is devout Muslim, I think, can the, kill you. I think the fatwa would say kill so and so. Oh, whereas so, a fatwa, I th- think, is more just sort of. A statement or a call to action. Okay, I and believe what, that's what it means. So it's it's like a memo, and then the contents of the memo would Has be the action go kill items. That person, right? Okay, got it. <laughs> it would be kill, kill, kill. No. So uh, in this case, the fatwa actually is uh, banning uh, Iran's version of "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire." Oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> because that's so sad. Because uh, as uh, conservative critics in the nation have called it it is a uh, essentially a halal casino halal yeah can you believe it what, what do they mean by that i don't even know what that means <laughs> well they mean well, that like cause isn't halal me- like when you eat right like when you eat according to food that's halal would be sort of accepted food that's prepared right. correctly it's like so kosher for Muslims, basically what they're right? saying is you've taken this idea of gambling and you've cleaned it up oh, okay. right and you okay, put it on our I- airwaves <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid i just got it oh halal <laughs> okay right right, right. Oh. yeah uh so anyway the, I was um, slow on the uptake on that one. <laughs> well, but no, because it's fucking stupid. That it's doesn't make so sense. Uh, apparently, it's not the only game show that's getting canceled due to this fatwa. Uh. Um, they, uh, there's some other ones that have been on the air for a while that uh, are all being considered games of chance. And here's the deal. I, I mean, there's some chance involved here, but I mean, you have to answer these questions correctly, right? Right. You have there, to, there's skill there's involved. There's skill. 
This is not just rolling not dice. This is pulling yeah. uh, the the lever mm-hmm. on a on a slot machine because you have to know the answer. You have to know the right. answer, or you have to phone a friend. So it's more of a you know? contract than like than a than a game of chance. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, I, they could have called it apparently. Who wants to be a billionaire? Uh, because the prize, the the top prize in the in the, in the show is one billion. <laughs> Iranian rials, which is the equivalent of about $30,000. Um, so not quite the same prize that they would have gotten, you know, on the American or British version of the show. But, um, yeah. But I'm still sure that there are plenty of people in Iran that would be really stoked to get thirty grand, right? Oh, no kidding. Huh. Yeah. Just saying. I would think that uh, the, the Ayatollah is just upset because he was never picked as a... As a phone a friend. Do you he, think he, that he, he would have enough secular like, information in his head to actually do okay on that show? I don't know. Actually, maybe but he they, like, I bet they knows. have religion topics. Maybe he's like really got on like pop culture and like <laughs> he's like a big Britney Spears fan yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and, like, probably. No, like he'd yeah. nail all those questions. That makes total sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm sure that's, that's, that's true. Anyway, what you got, Chris? So I wanted to talk about, uh, and I, you, you and Dan have talked about this before on the show, um, but it's that app in Saudi Arabia uh-huh. um, that oh. men use to track their wives or daughters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the app is called Absher. Yeah. And you can actually download it from Google Play and Apple. Right. Um, like from right now, Apple st- if yeah. you wanted to. Yes. And so- If you have a wife or daughter, <laughs> the- you want to control, yeah. yeah. Surveil, really. So this is a sur- oh surveil, a surveillance app. God. And um, do you attach like their phone to it? Like, how does it? Does it I, I'm is not it, like find your friend. Sure. But yes, it, but I can't turn it yes. off. Yes, and so you you can know where the person is. Uh-huh. But also, there's there's something a little more insidious that happens here. That um, the woman's passport is actually attached to this app. Yeah, right. So if she yeah. wants to leave the country, right. she needs the permission of the man in her life, right? Either her father or her husband. Her guardian. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there are stories that um that uh women have actually been well, it, well, let me get there. So um this is uh written in the Guardian by a woman named Catherine Bennett and she just talks about um how recently there's been a surge in five-star ratings of this app. <laughs> Gross. And people are just talking about how well it works about con- uh, for controlling their wives. <laughs> but the issue, there's some issues with it as well. Because previously to this app, if a woman wanted to leave Saudi Arabia, she actually had to get documentation and paperwork, actual paperwork right. that she would take with her to the airport. And then she could leave the country um, with this permission, right? It would, I, I assume, I'm not sure, but I assume it would have to be signed by her husband or her father. And um, then the Saudi uh, government would give her permission to leave. Right. But with this app, what's happening is that some women are escaping by by getting a hold of their um, I wouldn't even their slave owners' yeah. uh, phone, and then disabling the app. So that they can actually get on a plane or, right. you know, leave a border point. Get out of the country. So, interestingly enough, this app has actually made it a little more, uh, a little easier for some women to get out of Saudi Arabia 
than before because now they don't. Yeah, yeah, now they don't need the documents. They could just steal a phone or get into somebody's phone and change the. Yeah, I think when we talked about it before, I think we we talked about just sort of how sick of a concept this is. It's gross, uh, and a couple times where women have gotten out. Um, but yeah, um, so I, I think the what's important about bringing up today is is the fact that Google and Apple are still are complicit hosting complicit this app in their app stores yeah it's gross that needs to end right yeah i mean it it just makes me wonder like and the the five-star rating thing you know like that is disgusting who's doing that like it's so gross which also means that there's a a media push somebody is pushing somewhere Mm -hmm. in saudi arabia to get people to go out and give more ratings for this it just makes me realize that if if uh, let's say Google had existed uh, in the you know early 1800s in the United States, that there would be slave owner shop or slave shops, mm-hmm. right, with star ratings. Yes, right? yes. Like, think about like, and, it. And they know, and they just be like, no, no, no. We're just a platform. Yeah, this platform. Yeah, you know. And this app just helps me keep track of my slaves. <laughs> but you know what? So here's the, then what I want to talk about, Frank. Like. Let's say, I mean, that's such a shitty idea. Like, oh, no, no, we're just selling it, right? Right. Like, we don't endorse it. We're just selling it. So, like, next week, I hear that, you know, Target, they're going to start selling mustard gas. (laughs) Right. I'm just kidding about that, of course. You know, (laughs) they're not. But what I'm saying is that, like, no, we're not going to be like, oh, Target, it's okay for you to sell mustard gas. Because you're just the platform. Right. You're just the middleman, right? Right, right, right. No. You didn't make the stuff. It's fucked up. Hmm. Yeah, but I bet they'd pick the brand of mustard gas that had the best packaging. Oh yeah, it would just be the most adorable, mm-hmm. cute little packaging. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I mean, you see what I'm saying? It's just I don't know. Right. It kind of gets up my craw a little because well, it's disgusting when you see these. I, I think that we have this idea of like a lot of these modern technologies and these tools. Um, we initially see them almost through utopian mm-hmm. sort of eyes, right? It's like, oh, this future that we can have with this new technology. And then the reality starts settling in, which is, no, the tyrants and big corporations and, and whatnot, they will figure out how to use this technology for their gain as much as you're going to try to figure it out for your own. But they're going to they're gonna find ways to limit rights. They're going to find ways right. to... Uh, spy on us and track our information but fucking google and apple both american companies should not be complicit in this kind of in this kind of human enslavement google has a horrible track record in china this doesn't surprise Mm -hmm. me at all right like they've they've actually become active participants in the great firewall right like like they're fine with it they're 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 kowtowing Quite literally, to to Chinese, they're just letting just to get in yeah. there and make money, right? It's it makes me really sick. And honestly, the app is disgusting. And if people in and in, in Saudi Arabia, like you had talked to me about this before we started uh, the show, but in Saudi Arabia, citizens aren't viewed as citizens; they're viewed as prisoners. In a lot well, of I mean, in yeah, they're yeah, viewed yeah. as a commodity of the government, right? Phil, right? yes, yeah. I mean, not literally, but yeah. But they need permission to leave the country. They do need permission to leave the country, which is disgusting. Yeah, and, it's di- and in a, in a way that's different than just filing for a, a passport. And so here's the thing: if Saudi Arabia wants to keep an app like this and encourage men to use this on women, then at least Google and Apple Play cannot be part of it, 
and they can find a different way in Saudi Arabia to get this on their phones. I I don't know. It's just gross. It makes me sick. Sorry, your turn. (laughs) Tell me something else to make me sick to my stomach, Frank. Well, there's a school in the UK, in Birmingham, to be precise. I like how you said that. Yeah? Did I say it correctly? I I, I mean, I assume. (laughs) Well, it's not Birmingham. Birmingham. That's in Alabama. Right. right? Birmingham. 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 I don't know. Uh, Anyway, there's uh, a primary school. An, an elementary school uh, where uh, that had been teaching, had been using a, 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 a book called No Outsiders uh, to teach about inclusion and uh, specifically about LGBT rights um, and just generally tolerance um, of, of all diverse groups, right? And and that included, you know, different races, gender, sexual identity, um, so forth and so on. Well, the school is in a predominantly Muslim neighborhood. And the parents have uh, freaked the fuck out. The, the, the Muslim, predominantly Muslim parents. The Muslim parents uh, have signed a petition um, saying that four, it's 400 parents... Uh, predominantly, uh, of those 400 parents, it's it's predominantly Muslim. Um, and they called for this school or this um, this text to be dropped, and for this this uh, curriculum to be dropped. And uh, now, the fact of the matter is, is that the UK Office for Standards in Education, which is, uh, I guess, commonly called Ofsted, uh, has cleared the book. Um, they've cleared the school of any wrongdoing. Um, they, in fact, they've praised the school's record on promoting tolerance, acceptance, and mutual respect. So basically, this is a text that is encouraging people to be inclusive. Inclusive. Inclusive of all races, genders, uh-huh. sexual orientation. Right. Everything. Religion. But the sticking point has been the LGBTQ aspect of the curriculum. Huh. That's, where the, that's where the Muslim parents are, are, are losing their shit basically hmm. so that's offensive oh it's well it's offensive to me just because from a group of people that has been marginalized mm-hmm. and viewed often as an outsider and as others right to just so quickly you know chris the uh, moment any group gets in the majority you know and that's it's just i think you know what it's automatically called? shifts it's called a hierarchy, which is a hierarchy that happens within marginalized groups and then oh. they find different groups to to discriminate against oh like yeah. gay men and uh drag queens for example yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah. huh so that's yeah. funny i'm not saying it's right uh it's just, just what happens it's what what tends to happen in right. in uh levels of a hierarchy well, Sorry to interrupt. No, no, I, I appreciate with, with it. my. I welcome the interruption. <laughs> um, no, uh, Andrew Moffat, who's a, a teacher at the school, and also who has been shortlisted uh, for a world's best teacher award. <laughs> oh, he sounds horrible. <laughs> just the worst. Making these just kids like, learn about actual worst, things man. and actual people in the world. Yeah. And talking about inclusion. Wow. Yeah. He, uh, he was threatened and targeted uh, via a leaflet ca- campaign, uh, which also sounds terrifying. 
<laughs> so many leaflets. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like the pillow, you know. But, you open the pillow and spread the feathers out into the street. <laughs> you can try, but you can never go out and pick up all those feathers again. <laughs> Did you ever hear that? No. My, never mind. Lovely. Anyway, no. okay. Um anyway, he was threatened and targeted. Um and um you know, I mean, his whole point is that this this is um, the point is to challenge homophobia, right? Right. Not promote homosexuality, but to challenge the homophobia. But also, what's wrong with promoting homosexuality? I guess I don't understand that. Well, i I could see, I could, I could. S- yes, you were you were correct. In a perfect world, mm-hmm. one should be able to to say to be able to promote any group, right? And and say. Yeah, no, this is this is great, and if you are, it's awesome, blah, blah, blah. But that's not a line that they're trying to cross. They're just trying to say, treat people who are different from you with respect. <laughs> it's even like, yeah, it's even more rudimentary than yeah. like what I'm talking about. It's even more basal than the, what the, I'm talking about. This is more about. sort of, they're just trying to get tolerance. Right. They're, they're not working on acceptance, mm-hmm. probably. They're just working on mm-hmm. just, just being nice to, to the gay kids. Right. And but also like it's a good message for the gay kids who are in that group because it's good as the gay kid in a in a in a really conservative community to hear messages of acceptance, right? Yes, well, and, because they're not hearing it at home. And you said that there were roughly four hundred Muslim parents that had signed these that uh, the petition. Yeah, the, had signed the petition, um, representing about six hundred kids, and so, they actually had a day. Where they held all the kids home. 600 kids, roughly somewhere between 50 to 60 of them, could possibly possibly identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, intersex, yeah. queer, questioning. Oh, yeah. Um, asexual. Yeah. So most likely, you know, you know, 7 to 10% of that population is queer anyway. Right. Or identify, will identify as queer. But not according to the parents. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's important here. Oh, oh that's interesting and yeah, sad. Yeah, so. A poor teacher. I mean, yeah, I he's know. actually, he had to leave another school as well, um, basically over the same kind of issues where he got into the school, he brought up this curriculum. I don't know if he's fully 100% responsible for introducing the curriculum or not. The story doesn't go into that, but it sounds like. He's been instrumental but in it. In the United and Kingdom, I mean, under the Magna Carta, right? Don't you have, you know, habeas I mean, corpus? Well, <laughs> and you have, but you have right to freedom of choice. You have right to religion. Uh-huh. Um, and this just brings up a whole other issue that I'm going to get into right here. That I'm so <laughs> sick of the debate about. You know, about LGBT people like, oh, are they choosing this? Do they become this? It's just so tired and exhausting. Because here's the thing. Like, let's even just say that queer people are choosing to be queer. Yeah. Isn't that a valid choice? Sure. Yeah. Should be. Isn't If you choose to be Muslim, isn't that a valid choice for someone? Uh-oh, you're They're not <laughs> choosing that, Chris. <laughs> they are being correct. Actually, I would say that you choose your religion way more than you choose of your sexual you orientation. Of course you do. But I'm, I'm, I digress. I mean, I know I'm... No, I'm sp- preaching to the choir i mean whatever i just just let me vent god <laughs> what does it why, what does it mean when an atheist takes the lord's name in vain like that god because i say it a lot but I, it's not like i really believe in it 
Right. It's all the better. It's just a turn of phrase. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an idiom. Uh, I feel like I keep interrupting your story. Why don't you go? No, I'm done. That was a good one. It got me a little fired I, up. I, I've been waiting for you to start. I've been... Oh, start my next one? <laughs> my next one's a little heavy. Oh, no, Chris. Yeah, it's a little bit of a... Do I need to top off It's a off bit of a boner killer, we... actually. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's from uh, Psychology Today. Uh, it was written by a man named Joe Navarro, uh, and it's entitled, Why Predators Are Attracted to Careers in the Clergy. <laughs> Please, and, uh, it's a pretty please tell us in I, depth article, and he it's clear that they are yes. Um, and he, Joe Navarro, hits all these touchstones about why a job in as a clergy member is really good for people who are sexual predators or predators in general. And he talks about how uh, earlier, well, uh, I guess it was from a couple years ago, he had read a. Uh, an article called which professions have the most psychopaths <laughs> and it had got him thinking about this uh-huh. and why in particular so many predators are drawn into into being priests or bishops or clergy right um and he kind of went into an in-depth expose of this using this article kind of as a as a base and then he found these touchstones mm-hmm. of ways in which predators uh are uh are called i guess right feel a calling into into the church oh god so um according to that article he had read uh the position with the most psychopaths in it would be ceos and executives and then a little oh, okay. farther down the line is clergy. Right. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, um, even like 10 years ago, we probably wouldn't have thought uh, about predators flocking to the clergy. But now, I mean, with yeah, well, in the past 10 years, what it's shown us is that we know for a fact that right. this is a profession. And it is a profession. Let's not fool ourselves. Right. That this is a profession where... Well, I don't think we fool ourselves. <laughs> right, right. I think Catholics fool themselves. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about Catholics. I'm no, talking about um, Catholics and really any, any ministry. Yes, because, um, because, and that's what this article says. It goes into detail about how this profession is kind of tailor-made for predators and how they really fit right in. Wow. So, um, Because I always would have thought, and always my, my, my sort of my theory was is that perhaps an individual uh, as he is growing growing up recognizes certain tendencies and impulses mm-hmm. in, in himself and he says, you know where I should I should go I should go into the clergy because that's a holy endeavor and it's going to and, and if there's anything I can do to get closer to God that will help me mm-hmm. not thinking, about the choir boys necessarily. I don't know. I may disagree. I actually think that, that they're I'm saying this is what I used to always oh, think. Oh, this okay, was my you. running theory that it was like, and then they end up there and they're like, Oh, well, I might as well just rape these action. kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. But basically. I actually think it's more, um, more calculated. Okay. And I think that, um, maybe some of them, maybe some of these predators go into clergy with those kind of, thoughts or maybe it's more subconscious for them but the fact remains mm-hmm. that it it is a perfect storm right 
uh, this profession is a perfect storm for what they're looking for. Right. And for example, like organizations provide convenient infrastructure for a predator to prey on, uh, to prey on people. Mm-hmm. And membership in this institution gives them a little bit of legitimacy, right? Yeah. Yep. Churches give predators ready and easy access to an identifiable pool of individuals. Religions uh, give predators convenient access to find victims. And also think about this. Alliances are made like among people in the clergy. Okay. Like fellow priests, fellow bishops, uh, counselors, whatever. Yeah. Yep. And... Colleagues within this organization or church will will tend to look out for each other and mm-hmm. warn each other of you know possible dangers right. or of getting caught. Well, and, and we talked about on the show a while back the how certain priests would there would be like a circle of priests and they would give the kid uh, the mark essentially the uh, like little special cross and they all knew what that cross was. That that means that that that, that specific cross could be abused. What, so when he's like going around, there's other priests, and the priests haven't even talked to each other, right? But they know. But they know that he's. he's been, he they know that that person literally can be marked. That like the, he's a prey. Yeah, right? he's been groomed. He's been preyed upon. This makes me so sick. Right. Like it makes me so ill. Um, and and then this brings me into another aspect of it. Um. The power dynamic mm. and the psychological bullying that happens within every religion, in my opinion. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, so then you, there's already a power dynamic and a power differential, mm-hmm. right? So it's already, A, that's already easier to find prey because you're the leader. Um, as we talked about earlier, it's just easier access. But then think about this also. There are um, many religions. I know the LDS religion, the Mormon religion, Catholics do this, mm-hmm. uh, other religions really ask their members to confess, to give up sins, oh, yeah. to talk about their frailties, their vulnerabilities. Uh-huh. And for a predator, when prey comes in and talks about this, when a possible victim comes in and talks about this stuff, it just makes them more vulnerable. And now this predator knows where what knows the secrets knows where the bodies are buried and knows easier ways to, to get into, um, into the, into the minds of their would be victims. Oh God. Uh, they know a lot of information about their congregation members. Yeah. Um, also think about social status. Mm -hmm. This is weird, but a priest or clergy doesn't have to have the same social status as the members of their congregation. In fact, many members of their congregation will be on higher socioeconomic playing fields than the right. clergy themselves. Right. So they can have access to people that maybe they wouldn't even have access to in their normal sphere of life. Right. 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 Um, also, guilt, like putting guilt on people. They can um, guilt possible victims into forgiveness. Talk hmm. about um, it being God's will that they were abused. Uh, predators mm. also are in a position that is venerated. So predator can often be defended by many in the clergy and in the congregation in the face of the accuser. And oftentimes this happens. Blame Satan. Like that whole, it was Satan did it. Satan made me do it. God. And it sounds crazy, but according yeah, no. to this article. Um, but it works. Yeah, Mr. Navarro is saying that this happens all the time. Yeah. That um, 
people in these positions of power in churches say that Satan had a lot to do with this. Or you can blame enemies of God or enemies of the church. Mm. Um, and it's easy to just say that God is on the side of the predator. Thus, um, huh. further isolating and disenfranchising people that are victims and that have been victims of this kind of violence and trauma. Yeah. Um, also, it needs to be noted that no religion that um, this author can think of or myself can think of requires or even screens for for psychological disorders or mental illness. Oh, right. Right. So think about that. Like here people are leading congregations oftentimes of hundreds, you know, or, you know, thousands of people even. Right. And we don't know if they're actually even fit to kind of be in that kind of guiding position. Right. When you think about other other careers where we actually do require people to mm-hmm. to get psychological evaluations on the regular, for example, law enforcement, police officers, firefighters, firefighters. Yeah. Think about commercial pilots. I um, oh yeah, I worked as a while. Uh, I worked for a while uh, with a commercial airline, and I I believe I remember pilots having to go in every six months to get a physical. Oh wow! To get signed off every six months. And that included a psych evaluation? Uh, I know the psycho evaluation was at least once a year. Okay. So the other one may have been a physical, but I know that they went in twice a year. Okay. Wow. And had to get that checked off if they wanted to keep flying. Right. And for example, like a pilot, for example, can't even take um, like SSRIs or... Uh, What's like an SSRI? An, uh, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Like okay. A, an antidepressant, okay. most probably the most commonly sure. used antidepressant. They can't even take. They those. can't even take them. They're not even allowed. Wow. At least this is how it was five years ago. It may have changed, uh-huh. which um, is crazy. They'd I rather even, have depressed. Well, and here's I remember. Anxiety. I remember pilots. talking to a flight attendant once, and I said, "That's crazy that we don't allow them to to take these, you know, these pills that could actually make them feel better." And this flight attendant, she said to me, "Well, do you want a pilot that needs those drugs?" And I said. Do you want one that needs them and can't have them? Yeah. It isn't going to say boo about their their mental state. Because they want to keep the because job. Because they have to keep their job. What else are they going to do? But alas, I digress. Yeah. Okay. Back to the Back to these <laughs> priests. I'm back to these fucked up, dirty, dirty, dirty priests. <laughs> Who are leading, like you say, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of people, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and being given access to their children. Unfettered uh, access in many in many exactly, places. and there's no sense of like oh maybe we should like make sure that people in these positions, uh, you know, are fit to be. To the there. contrary, we just assume they are right just because of their they've got the calling because of the calling or whatever the hell it is because of the their position. Mm-hmm. Um, parents, for example, are even more trusting of authorities, uh, religious authorities, like they don't even question. Um, so I, I don't know. It's just something to, I think, be aware of. And once again, I don't want to say that everybody that goes into clergy or, you know, wants to work in a religious background. I don't want to say that they're, all, you know, all predators. But what I will I say, <laughs> what I will say is this, that there is no denying uh-huh. that the profession allows for predators. It covers up their crimes. It covers up their um, well, dastardly uh-huh. deeds. It covers well, it all up. And, and it, it sounds that it's, uh, it's structural. It's systemic. Yes. Right? It's, it's how it's been set up 
intentionally or unintentionally, probably a little bit of both, um, and in, in order to keep letting these men have this access. Well, and it goes on and on. Like, right. and we know you're, you're absolutely right. But we go, for example, um, in the Catholic Church, uh, part of the reason that a lot of these weren't a lot of these crimes weren't getting solved or these priests weren't getting um, caught mm-hmm. or, you know, in, not indicted. That's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, tried, put right. put in prison was because what was happening, and this is protected under the First Amendment of the United States, what was happening was these priests would then go to another priest, uh-huh. confess their crimes, uh-huh. and get forgiven. Okay. So then, according to the Catholic Church, that's like that never happened at all. And there's even if a law enforcement officer came in to talk to the priest that took the confession, that priest cannot talk to that law enforcement officer about mm. about what the other priest had said he had done for he or she. Well, right. He, for the most part, probably. Um, even if it's committing a crime. From what I understand, no. They would need a subpoena. Wow. And I, I think that even under a subpoena, I, I mean, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure they could probably still get out of answering. Jesus Christ. That, that's stupid. Yeah. So, yeah. and then what, what else has happened is then priests, offending priests are just then sent to different dioceses, different congregations right. where they start all over again. Right. Well, Chris, I want to pivot to a story about a church that, uh, I don't know. doesn't sound like it has these kind of problems. Um, Church up in Madison, Wisconsin. That's a, that's a cute town. I love Madison. They've got a cute little river that runs oh, through it. God. What's that river called? I don't know. Somebody send us an email. <laughs> I love that town. It's really cute. It's, it's, I used no, to stay it's there. Great. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. It's Quit fighting with me. Madison's <laughs> adorable. It's amazing. Um, yeah, so since March, uh, Jesse Schwark and Dylan Bangert uh, have uh, been distributing marijuana to petitioners of the Lion of Judah House of Rastafari. Jesse Church. and Dylan. I know. How do two. I join this congregation? These, these scamps. Um, they, uh, well, I, it sounds like you just seek them out and you go. Okay. That's, that's all you have what to do. What is it, like an edible? In, like that they put under your, in, in your tongue or something, <laughs> on your tongue? Like body of Christ, body little, of Christ? A little host. That's body of cannabis? <laughs> Essentially, they're serving it as a sacrament, yes. Uh, in what form, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but the city of uh, Madison is trying desperately to shut this down uh, <laughs> because <laughs> technically in Wisconsin uh it is uh it's not this is not legal uh they don't have rec- the recreational pot i don't think they have medicinal okay, pot i'm sorry i'm stopping here going back to the last story uh-huh. where the first amendment protects these priests and allows them to be fucking child rapists yeah but yet these dudes in wisconsin just want to help people have a little fun at uh-huh. church yeah and they're getting in trouble they're getting in trouble so I just want to really want to bring up the hypocrisy of this, the juxtaposition, like the two different <laughs> poles, right? Yeah, right. The, how the First Amendment is protecting child rapists, <laughs> right? And the First Amendment then is on, you know, on on the on the ass of these 
uh, Jesse and Dylan. I know. Poor Jesse. All right. I keep interrupting your stories. No, you're okay. Um, Yeah. Police have sent the church's landlord a formal notice of public nuisance, um, writing that the property was being used to facilitate the delivery, distribution, or manufacture of a controlled substance. It's funny. They're going through all these... They're not just charging in and arresting these two, which I find very interesting. They're trying to convince them to just stop doing it. They're trying to like do you know strong arm them a little bit and get get the landlord to get involved, right? But what is interesting in this day and age is that they're not just running in and arresting these two. They cannot arrest these two. I mean, it would be a PR nightmare. And first of all, <laughs> if they arrest these two, then in a year, uh-huh. marijuana will be legal in Wisconsin because they will take this all the way up to the Supreme Court. And what I'm thinking, because they're a religion, in well, my opinion, they should be able to do this, yeah, right? So we have, from my understanding, we have Supreme Court decisions which do protect, say, like Native American tribes mm-hmm. and their use of peyote right. and whatnot in religious and which ceremonies, is great. right? But the but the our federal government has not cleared a space for. Uh, non-Native American religious groups. And that's discrimination. To use uh, um, controlled substances in their services. That's, that's just not something that, that's happened yet. Right. And that's why they're not arresting them, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what their thinking is on, on that, but um, uh, it's a fairly conservative court at the moment. So I don't know. I don't know. If this is about keeping it away from the Supreme Court. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, or a federal court. A federal Because court. it would go there first. Sure. Um, anyway, I want to get to uh, some of the statements by uh, these two. Uh, tell me if this sounds like this guy's a pothead. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is Schwark speaking. That would be Jesse for you. Um, these things have been blessed since the beginning. We just live life according to life itself. <laughs> it's what we know. We talk it. We walk it. We are exercising inalienable rights, man. You are such a dick. Of course you read that like a total stoner. Like now the- read it like an executive. <laughs> now, read it, now read it with Mormon voice, Mormon prayer voice. Well, I was thinking more like, these <laughs> things have been blessed since the beginning. <laughs> I just think you're so mean. You just totally read that way. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, they're working hard. Uh, they uh, they're trying. They're trying. You know, like people people test this out every couple of years is what I've noticed. Probably more often than that, but it, it shows up in the news, and I see it once every couple of years. And uh, but uh, it never really goes anywhere. It's always just kind of this nice try. Why don't you go over to uh, Michigan? It's recreational. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but then, hold on. That brings up a, a point of privilege. Not everybody just has the privilege to move a congregation. No, I know. I know. Chris, I know. I know but, like, like, they try it. Mm. And it's not legal in their place yet. It will be. But what about the First Amendment that protects them? I just, I'm going to keep they're, coming they're back to They're trying to test that. They're trying to mm-hmm. make that an issue, right? I'm, I'm just sorry. Like, if we can protect child rapists under the First Amendment, why can't we protect p- 
people who are going to do nothing wrong. They're going to take a nap. In fact, they're actually saying that this is for their spirituality. I mean, (laughs) believe it or not, who gives a shit? Right. Uh, Mormons do a lot of crazy shit for their spirituality, right? Catholics, I mean, it's all bizarre. I know. And all these guys want to do is eat a bag of chips and go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jesse and Dylan. I hope that you get to keep your church forever. I know. And I hope you just get to smoke out all those people. <laughs> and I hope you have a great time. And in fact, if any of our listeners, you know, maybe want to join their church or mm. send them some money. We have listeners in Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Is it weird that an atheist podcast could be like endorsing a church? <laughs> but if there if is... the first church there, of Canada. If there is any church to endorse, Frank... This is the one. However, I just want everybody to know that I do not smoke any marijuana. Like mm, that's an important thing I to just say. Don't do that. Right. Ever. Ever. It's never happened. <sighs> it did not happen this morning. <laughs> so uh my next story is um <laughs> this one so last weekend on Easter in Sri Lanka as we know, almost 300 people were murdered right. um, by Muslim extremists right. in, in a series of bombings. How many bombings do we... I don't even I know. Don't even know. I want to say it was like around 10, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and this article that I'm reading uh, from Daniel Politi um, from, does not actually talk about how many explosions there were, but most of these happened in churches. Uh, I believe most of them were Catholic churches and mm-hmm. some hotels, but it does seem like um, Christians were the targets of uh-huh. these bombings. Oh, absolutely. Now, this was just from uh, yesterday, I believe, So, but it w- was taking place today. Okay. So as of today, um, Muslim women in Sri Lanka will no longer be allowed to wear face veils in public. Okay. All types of face covering that could hide someone's identity are now banned in the country under an emergency law. So this measure was just imposed just barely one week after oh, the right. people were killed in a series of bombings. Right. So my question is this. Okay. And I have to be honest. I don't appreciate uh, the burqa or... Not a fan of the burqa. Yeah. I um, I don't appreciate face coverings and veils. Right. I don't mind the hijab. I think the hijab's kind of fun and cool. Um, <laughs> but but it, but maybe it's not like as extreme or obvious. But if you're going down the line that I think you're going down, it's still a tool of subjugation. Of subjugation. Yes. It's still telling women that there's something wrong yes. with a part of them, and they have to yes. cover it up. Yes. And these are my issues. And it's also play. It's also uh, turning the responsibility of their sexuality and 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 on and and instead of the men, the I'm men. Sorry, who's, I'm, I'm phrasing men, this No, wrong. no, you got it. it right. It's taking the, the 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 responsibility of the men of the right? men's thoughts and, and behavior right. and pushing it over onto the women right. and saying just cover up because we don't want to have to think about right. you as a sexual right. being, even though just the actual process of acting of asking or forcing a woman to do this is a sexual i do think that this is um how do I, how can i put this an ob- objectification a sexualization it's a uh, yes so, wh- so because what it's saying is that women uh 
are are so tantalizing to men right and men just can't control themselves mm-hmm. right yeah it's nothing but their about them as sexual objects or a yeah, person right. it's it so it's just saying you are nothing but sex yeah and and, and they'll twist it and they'll say that no 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 this is about respect and this is about this and about that it's like no no there's no, no. getting around it right it, because and muhammad well, and coming, was a pervert well and coming back to that who first, can control himself yeah and coming back to that first article that i read about the app that is tracking women right no i'm, I'm sorry like i just have an issue with viewing women as property right as as slaves and that should be covered that should be i don't like it it makes me uncomfortable but here's the issue right in sri lanka almost 300 people were killed right because of their religion there's really no getting around this right now right. these people were killed because they most of them identified as christians yes and that they happened to be in places where Christians were. We're, we're going to be in large yes. numbers, yes. So this was an attack on Christians. Sure, I will say that. I mean... Um, right. But it feels to me like this law of banning the hijab, mm-hmm. n- not the hijab, but banning the burqa and other veils and face coverings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it feels like it's a knee-jerk, discriminatory, and punitive reaction. Yeah. It feels like it's just saying, well, we're going to get Islam, or we're going to get you know, Muslims. We're going to get back at them. Right. This is a way to target them. And I don't feel like that's the answer because also I do want to point out that sure, this, I believe this was done by people who identify as Muslim, but we can't say that everybody who identifies as Muslim feels this way or or would have engaged in this kind of behavior because that's nonsense and it's nowhere near the truth. And so, although yes, and you know what? In France, and I think a couple other nations in Europe, it is illegal to have your face covered in public. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know how... I, like, I, I'm not I struggle opposed with, to that. But I know. I really struggle with these kind of laws, though. I, I, because there's part of me that's like, yeah, you, you go, France. Go for secularism. Go for... This is a public space, and you need to yeah. be... At home, you if you want to cover up, yeah. in a certain way. But I'm sorry, if you space. we need like, to be able to identify you. When I go into you. my bank, there is a sign that says mm-hmm. no sunglasses, no beanies, no hoodies, right? No, whatever, no face coverings, right? So I, I, I guess I understand that. Like right. if I'm running a business, I mean, I, there, to some extent, I kind of want to see somebody's face. You know, I don't want to. I mean, I don't know. That comes across really awful when I say that. I can see, I can see the idea of of asking for people to participate in the public sphere. Right. And when you're covering your face, you're not participating in the secular public sphere. Right. That's all. And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm coming across kind of like a dick. I don't think you're coming across as but, a dick. I, on the same moment, I don't think it's right for Sri Lanka to have this law that is banning the 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 burqa, right? Because that feels really punitive, and it feels like it's punishing people who had n- fucking nothing to do with these bombings, right? But but then you have to ask the question of isn't doesn't a government on a certain level have the right to also protect its citizens, including women who might be being subjugated? by uh, an archaic and, and medieval medieval is the dress requirement <laughs> yeah. yes right? yeah 
Like, I mean, to a it's certain unevolved, extent, right? It, it, it is unevolved. And I don't know how to say that. I don't want to come across offensive, but I believe that the thinking behind face covering is unevolved. I really, I just do. I. Well, I think your thinking on the thinking. <laughs> go on. If it's a compliment, go on. Is marvelous. I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. Well, all right. Uh, if you guys have any opinions on, on, on this or any other topic that we've talked about today, uh, please feel free. In fact, we encourage it to uh, send us an email. Yep. Pod- podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is the email address. You can also call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Atheist. Uh, also on Facebook, we have the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Head on over there. Uh, find us on Twitter, uh, at, uh, at TGI Atheist, and the subreddit is also TGI Atheist. Chris. Welcome back. <laughs> I've got something... Uh, that I'd like to play for you and get your reaction. Is it sensational? Oh, uh, it's wonderful. Um, are you familiar with a guy by the name of Brian Fisher? Yeah, I don't like him. Yeah. In fact, I honestly think maybe it was the last time I was on or two times ago we had another Brian Fisher. It's quite possible. Quote. We uh, we play him probably one out of five times is probably Brian Fisher. He doesn't like point. the gays. He has an issue with the gays. He doesn't like anyone. Oh. I guarantee you. I often. I bet he likes Jesus. My my whole thing about him is, uh, and I think it's funny. I don't know if anybody else thinks it's funny, but I like to imagine Brian Fisher as my next door neighbor, <laughs> and what kind of horror that would be. Horror to have the him. Horror to have him as as a neighbor, right? Or like on the same in the same HOA, right? <laughs> oh my like, god, he, he would, would be, be the worst. The worst. He'd be reporting you for anything. Uh-huh. The rose bushes are not fully blocking the trash cans like but they're supposed to you be. You know damn well you would take your dog over to his lawn just to let it take a <laughs> shit over there. I would, and I wouldn't clean but it up. But he would report you so fast. Well, he wouldn't know. I'd do it in the middle of the night. No, he'd get a DNA test done. Oh, and he'd probably have cameras out. Yeah. Oh, he'd have a <laughs> DNA test of the dog's turds. Um, and you know what? Whenever he speaks, because uh-huh. he has a radio show too, right? I believe so, yeah. So, yeah, I've heard him speak, and I just... I imagine like veins in his forehead and his in his neck just kind of bulging that's quite possible um anyway Anyway. on this clip uh he is he he's done so much homework and 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 uh cares so much to be uh correct and and respectful of of other people that he's he's clearly figured out how to say pete Buttigieg's name (laughs) Wait, how did you just say it? <laughs> Buttigieg. Buttigieg. I like to say booty judge. Yeah, you're not alone in that. Um, I like to just say Buttigieg. Or is it Buttigieg? He's, he, so here's the deal. I've watched a, f- a number of different interviews Buttigieg. Uh, that, he, that Pete Buttigieg has done. And a lot of the, the interviewers will be like, boot edge edge or boot edge edge or whatever right and, and and he's like and they're always like did i get it right and he goes it's perfect he just doesn't make a big deal uh, about it he knows it's a hard name he's a total good sport about it but the the campaign promotes 
Boot Edge Edge. Boot Edge Edge. Boot Edge Edge. Did you know that they, they were calling his followers the Pete Fleet for a while? Oh, that's kind of cute. Well, but then the advocate, I believe it was the advocate, which is the gay magazine, one of the uh-huh. gay magazines, you know, the fag rag. Um, it made reference to fleet enemas. <laughs> Oh no! How tacky is that? That's terrible. Also, oh, he's just yeah. Never mind. Let's anyway, not get into that. Back okay. to this guy. So, Brian Fisher, and he has he has a warning for 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 liberals who might want to support B- Pete Buttigieg. The question is, what do you do with a guy like uh, Pete Buttigieg? And so, uh, I'm saying that sexual conduct is part of the issue. In other words, the Democrats, my my partial response to Democrats who make an issue out of Trump's sexual behavior. Is you know is my first response. What makes you think I've ever approved of his sexual behavior? I've never approved of Donald Trump's sexual behavior outside marriage. I've never uh, I've never endorsed it. I've never embraced it. I've never justified it. I've never excused it. So I don't support promote Donald Trump's sexual behavior any more than you do. But realize what you're doing by making a candidate or a public official's private sexual life an issue, then you are telling us that we are justified in making it an issue with Pete Buttigieg. If you do not want us to make his sexual behavior an issue, then you better stop talking about Donald Trump and what he did 12, 13 years ago and then the years before that. Just cut it out. You keep talking about Pete, you keep talking about Donald Trump and the and his sexual peccadillos, then you are giving us permission to talk about Pete Buttigieg and his uh, sexual discretions. Uh, please do talk about Mayor Pete's uh, uh, sexuality, because this is this is a man who's in a committed uh, rela- relationship. He's married, right? Like, like this is not the the the, the same as Donald Trump's predatory behavior toward women. This is absolutely – that clip is absolutely offensive to me. Oh, like, yeah. I don't even know where it's to horrifying. begin. I don't even know where to – first of all, let me just focus on this. Nobody is talking about Pete's sexual relationship. Proclivities and or whatever Proclivity, that doesn't exist. That, that suggests that he's like like, like – who even cares what his sex life is because like? Because here, like, here's the fucking issue for me. Because somebody is homosexual, they're automatically – sexualized well especially in the mind of a a brian fisher of a right winger right because here's the fucking issue like who's to say that pete and his husband are even having sex he has no idea yeah he has no idea about what happens in their bedroom two gay aces who found each other yeah yeah you he has no fucking idea about their sexual behavior but yet here he is talking as if he is somehow privy to their sexual their sex life and that's fucking insane what we do know is that Donald Trump is a sexual predator. Yes. That at least 17 women are currently talking about him being a sexual predator, sexually yes. harassing, sexually assaulting them. And we and have a recording of him bragging about grabbing women by their pussy. And yet we're not talking about this anymore still. Right. Like it seems like somehow this has gotten a pass. Right. Like, but yet this man who is in a committed relationship for the past year or so with this other man, like. And they're both adorable. Right. I mean, oh, that makes me so mad. I'm sorry, I can't even say anything funny about this because that no, clip... You, you don't have to. That clip is just... It's vomit-worthy. Yeah. Um, it, you know, just him saying that 
if you keep talking about Donald, like it's a fucking threat too. Oh like yeah. If you no, keep he's... talking about Donald Trump being a horrible human being, we're going to talk about Pete. But, but what are you going to say about Pete? That he's, he's in a committed relationship. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Please do. And Please talk about. Nobody is coming forward with that... sexual harassment and sexual assault allegations. Right. And right. he's not talking about grabbing Please. people by the genitals. He's a boring white man. Right. Who happens to be gay. Like, like he is as far like, I mean, who knows? We don't know everything about Pete Buttigieg at this point. Um, obviously, um, anything could come out. Right. But the man just, he just screams squeaky clean. Yeah. Like yeah. just like, this is, this, this guy is so straight laced and so clean and such He's just he just screams good guy, and, right? And Donald Trump, all you have to do is look at him and know that he's an old an old perv. Yeah. He's yeah. Like just yeah. look at the man. He's a creep. Yeah. Yeah. And the issue you don't I get have that orange also, by being a normal human being. <laughs> the issue I have also with this clip of Brian Fisher well, I have so many. I just, I feel like I could go on. I mean, it's just a brief clip, Please but go. here's my issue also is that um, him saying that he's not defending Donald Trump's sexual behavior or not interested in it or doesn't endorse it. I think those were the words he used. The fact of the matter is he does endorse it yeah. just by endorsing the human being that is yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah. He is complicit in yeah. that kind of sexual predatory behavior. Right. And the reason And he the, voted for Donald Trump right. from what I'm assuming. I mean, I'm I wasn't there in the ballot box, but the way that Brian Fisher supports Donald Trump and the right, right wing, his tribalism with with conservative issues, right. not being able to see past his own nose on these kind of issues, that he did vote for Donald Trump and mm-hmm. he does support Donald Trump. Absolutely. So for him now to say that he doesn't support I'm sorry. You no, can't. I mean, the, it, this is hypocrisy, and this is yes. what the left is pissed off about: is the ridiculous. And it, uh, first of all, we'll, we can go back a couple decades, and we can show how the left is not completely innocent of hypocrisy on oh, these sure. issues. But right now, <laughs> the, the left is being pretty clear about the fact that the what we're pissed off about is the fact that this is the religious right, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that, that has somehow embraced oh. the most vile human being they ever could have They didn't just embrace him. They created him. Yeah. Well, yeah, they did. They groomed Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. They made him. Yeah. They pray to him. They yeah. pray for him. And just so that we are clear, the hypocrisy of the left, let's go back to the Anita Hill oh, yeah. hearings, right? Where the left um, went after Terrence Cl- Ter- Clarence Thomas, right? Big time. Bigly went after Bigly. Clarence Thomas, and rightly so. And then comes Bill Clinton. And I mean, this, this was the start, essentially, of the Me Too movement mm-hmm. with the Anita Hill thing, right? Um, but the left stalled on the issue because of Bill Clinton. And the right lost their minds right. about the left's hypocrisy at this point. Um, and rightly so. I mean, I'm looking back and looking at, at who Bill Clinton was and what he did. I've, I mean, I was, a, I was a kid at the time, so you can't... I'm 
but I'm not blameless in this whole thing. Like I loved Bill Clinton, right? Well, but so, also if we but look now, at it, but now we have to face the facts of who Bill Clinton really was, and I feel like a lot of the left has has been has been trying to recognize this. Uh, and uh, but nonetheless, we also don't hold ourselves up as the um, arbiters of what is uh, sexually acceptable in some sort of conservative, limited way right. in this country. We we've embraced people's sexuality, and we've embraced the fact that that people can come out as who they are, and I mean, whatever that is. Like right now, like. We were just talking about the flags that we're going to be flying at work mm-hmm. for for Pride, and it's everything I could find. I, I was kind of I kept telling my boss, um, "Okay, so it's going to be eight flags. No, 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 no. It's going to be ten flags. No, 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 no. It's going to be eleven <laughs> flags. Like, <laughs> like which is great, which is awesome, right? And uh, and so yes, Brian Fisher, piece of shit. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say on it? Well, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, and then the Clintons came along, and that's. In the early to mid-90s, that's when we had the Republican Revolution, right. which turned everything very tribal, politically speaking. Mm-hmm. And yep. that happened in the early to mid-90s, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we're still dealing with. Mm-hmm. We're still dealing with Republicans, and I'm going to say Republicans and right-wingers. I really am. I'm going to call them out. Not being able to look past their own party. Not right. being able to be partisan, um, bipartisan. Uh, not, the left does the same thing, Chris. I disagree. You really? I really do. Okay. I really do. I don't see it. At, and maybe there is some, but it's not to the same extent. Okay. It's not to the same extent. Like, let's just use President Obama, for, for example. Okay. He was willing to work across the aisle. They were not willing to work with him. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And um, I would even say the same thing with Clinton. George Bush didn't. I don't feel like that was the case with George mm-hmm. W. And, and it's definitely not the case with Donald Trump. Right. So I, Republicans don't play well. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, um, we're going to skip emails and voicemails um, and uh, thanking new donors on Patreon this week. Is it because I talked too much? <laughs> We've run out of You time. are such a dick. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for talking <laughs> so much. No, um, just when Dan's not around, it's it's usually half the time. I Most of the time, I'll, I'll just skip that segment. But I do want to make sure that we thank uh, our top donor on Patreon. Uh, at the moment, it is D. So thank D. you, D. Uh, so thank you so much uh, for your continued support. And if you'd like to join D and all of our other patrons on Patreon, you can go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and click on the support tab. That'll take you over to Patreon, uh, to our specific page on Patreon, and you can, you know, pick the level at which you'd like to support the show. Uh, and of course, we really uh, appreciate the support, and uh, we couldn't do it without everybody's help. So thank you. Chris. Oh, yeah, we have to talk about that BYU thing. The BYU thing. For some reason, I thought we were done. (laughs) I was ready to go home. Wishful thinking, Chris. Bye. (laughs) Wishful thinking. (laughs) Uh, No, BYU, uh, Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, owned by the LDS Church. Um, It is here in Utah. It is just, boy, what a privilege it is to go to BYU. Like, it is just. Wow, you got into BYU? Mm-hmm. 
Um, let that's me also, definitely not my. <laughs> well, let me also just interject some things right Especially here. Especially as a former student. BYU, um, I view BYU as an abusive institution. It is, absolutely. And I will go into detail as to why I think this. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, I would just like to talk about BYU even recently. I don't know how recently, but they were still involved in conversion therapy of oh, yeah. LGBTQ mm-hmm. people, yeah. um, trying to change people's sexual orientation or gender identity. And actually, the LDS Church, from what I understand, is still kind of involved in this and is still working in Utah to allow conversion therapy to still happen. Right. Um, even though we were trying to, there was a law. Yeah, it almost passed. Almost this passed. was just a few weeks ago, yeah. really. Yeah. And then after some, you know, some closed meetings, you know, behind doors uh-huh. with people who were unknown, the bill changed. Right. And so in Utah, actually, you can still, there's still forms of conversion therapy, which you can inflict upon people who identify as LGBTQ. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's one reason. Another reason is what they call the honor code, which is a strict, strict set of rules mm-hmm. that the university has put into place that all students must sign. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm sure you've talked about this before on your oh, show. Yeah. But um, for example, like you, you, you can't like take a test in shorts and you have to, you, <laughs> you can't have a beard, even though Brigham Young, who the university right. is named after, had a beard. Chris, you can't be unshaven. Yeah. It's not having like how, like I've got a little bit of scruff today. No, you no, have to shave I would that. not be able to take a test right. at the testing center. Right. Yeah. And it goes deeper. Like, um, for example, you, like if you are a man, you cannot be in the house of a woman, mm-hmm. woman, you can't be in the house of a man, mm-hmm. um, well, it's I'll, beyond a certain line. It's right. In the like you can be in the areas. living room, but yeah. you, you're not even supposed to use the bathroom. Like in if some it's houses. Beyond the yeah. line. Yeah. Right. It depends on where the bathroom yeah. is. So there is a physical yeah. line that like, yeah. that <laughs> it's just insane. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it, it w- and then there have been cases of sexual assault and rape um, where yeah. Yeah. the person, the victim actually goes to the university authorities and then actually has been this has happened several times mm-hmm. has then has been kicked out of the school and had all of their academic credits stolen from them right. because they were past the line. Well, even though they, yes. And then let's just briefly talk about their police department Ugh. because like, like many universities, they have their own police department. Mm-hmm. However, most universities don't run their police department like, um, like the religious police right. in, uh, Tehran mm-hmm. or in uh, Riyadh. Do right? you know recently like, BYU police tried to become state troopers and the state of Utah said no. Yeah. Well, the state has actually, um, I believe they're in the first steps of revoking their police department status. Completely. Yeah. As um, it needs to. Yeah. yeah. It needs to just be yeah. a security department mm-hmm. or a security force of some kind because right. of course they they would want that and uh, and then have Provo City Police be policing the campus because I'm because sorry they don't deserve the authority I'm to sorry. arrest. Which they if a law have. enforcement official thinks that drinking coffee will send you to hell, they shouldn't be able to arrest you for a goddamn thing. First of all, what is that police officer doing? He wants some coffee. I doubt it. <laughs> Diet Coke, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm not. I am not bashing Diet Coke because I love it. <laughs> I'm just feeding into that stereotype that Mormons <laughs> love Diet Coke, and they do. 
<laughs> yeah, they do. Oh my God, that's amazing. Well, anyway, at this uh, most recent um, commencement uh, at Brigham Young University, so this last Friday, this was the whole department. This was the whole school, right? This was at the in the the Marriott Center. I believe right? so. Like just the their big arena mm-hmm. because the images of it were just it was it was this is the main commencement. This isn't like your little like convocation or whatever right, for that the particular for your school college. like the school of business or school of social exactly work, right. right. This is for the whole university, and one of the valedictorians. Uh, he was uh, the political science valedictorian. Uh, his name is Matt Easton, got up, and after, you know, giving, or in the middle of his talk, and after he says some nice things, um, talking about, uh, he talks about persons of color and inclusion and how this this is our, basically, this is your campus too type thing, which kind of sucks that he has to say that. Or felt like he had to well, say it. But Provo is the third least diverse city in the whole nation. I believe we just, it. Well, we just found that out two weeks ago. Oh, shut up. Yeah, after like these extensive surveys. The th- two of them are in Utah, by the way. I'm sorry I keep interrupting you. <laughs> First is Orem, right uh-huh. next to Provo. Right. Then Bangor, Maine comes in. I think it's Bangor, Maine comes in second, and Provo comes in oh, third. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, little, go on. They have a little banger sandwich there. <laughs> Anyway, um, so he gets up and he says this, uh, it was in these quiet moments of pain and confusion that I felt another triumph that of coming to terms, not with who I thought I should be, but who the Lord has made me as such. I stand before my family, friends and graduating class today to say that I am proud to be a gay son of God. And if you watch the video, there's this moment of a couple of people like right around the phone that was filming this mm. little this moment. Uh, you hear a couple of little claps like kind of right away, um, but it's general like the crowd didn't like rise to their feet and cheer immediately. Well, right? No, because <laughs> because they were like because we, their religion has. Are we allowed? What 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 what's the take of the room here? Can we actually <laughs> applaud? Um, are we are we going to? But there, there's this pause, a pregnant pause, right? And then, uh, and then there's some applause and some cheering, right? It's not a full-throated cheering that's happening, and it's definitely not the entire arena. That would that would have sounded very different. But they, there was support in the audience. And so there's a couple things happening here. There's um, a, the fact that this is that this would have been unimaginable to me. Uh, 10 years ago, five years ago, maybe even just a few years ago, to be honest, um, at BYU. I still find it unimaginable. And here, so when I first heard this, I'm uh-huh. sorry, I'm going to interrupt. I right. to- no, go on. I interrupted your thought. Okay. Go. go. So, so there's that, right? Um, and then the rest of it, well, I don't know. I've lost my thread. I'm sorry. Well, here's <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, I still think to some extent, because my first thought when I read this article, uh-huh. I thought, and I didn't think this out of the blue. I thought this because I actually know of people that had this happen to them. Mm-hmm. I know of cases where this has happened. So I read this article about Matt Easton coming mm-hmm. out in, at, uh, at the commencement right. uh, ceremony. And then I thought tomorrow's headline would read, BYU valedictorian 
gets his diploma revoked by <laughs> by university after coming out in commencement speech. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because BYU, they, when people break the honor code yeah. or do things like this, mm-hmm. they punish them. And one way of punishing them, and I'm not lying about this, is taking away academic credits uh-huh. and taking away degrees. Yeah. And they've done it. They've done it to people that I personally know right. have lost their BYU degrees for being homosexuals. Right. Simply that. Right. Yep. So all I'm saying is that Sure, maybe things have changed, and I doubt they're going to take away this guy's uh, diploma because it would be a goddamn PR nightmare. But what about all the diplomas and academic credits that were lost because people violated the honor code? Well, they don't. They will. Those are gone. They're just gone. They'll never get them back. I, I don't think so. I think the BYU being an arm of the LDS Church will do exactly what the LDS Church does, which is they don't apologize. As a matter of practice, as a matter of just a, a standard for the institution. The LDS Church does not apologize. But can you imagine working four or five years for a degree, uh-huh. getting that degree, uh-huh. and then getting it taken away because you identify as LGBTQ+. I would say that this young man has done a little bit of a calculation. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Which, as the yes. valedictorian, political science, right? Um Let's just say the university revoked his uh, his bachelor degree. Nightmare. It'd be a nightmare for the school uh, and a temporary nightmare for him because I'm sure that there would be some university somewhere that saw the video who was willing to, you know, he's the valedictorian for Christ's mm-hmm. sake, um, and take that essentially as his credentials. Right. Right. For continuing his education elsewhere. But also what we know of BYU is that they don't like to transfer credits. This is something that, that is true. They don't like to transfer credits to state or other private institutions. That's all. I mean, okay. I'm, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're no, saying. No, no. That they would I'm, give an honorary degree to this man. Essentially. Yeah. To me, it's just, I, 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 I. right. I know. I know. Um, but nonetheless, uh, so this happened and it's, it's, it's been an interesting thing because BYU's stance on homosexuality at this point is that they, they've, they've stated that you can come out as gay. You just can't act on it. What does that mean? I, I don't, don't even know. get it. I don't know. And, and to what point can you act on it? Like, can you hold a hand? Can you give a peck no. on the cheek? No, that's being gay. That's so, being gay. So you... So you can just say that you're gay and then you can say you're gay, live you can, a lonely you life in celibacy. So I celibacy. guess the difference is they say that you can be gay. I think all you can do is say that you're gay. But they don't even call it gay. Because being gay means that you are going to want, you are going to end up holding somebody's hand and you are going to, you know, want to date people. Right. And that's what they're saying. Being human generally means that. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, being human Part of the human experience is sexuality mm-hmm. and it's sexual expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. I know. I know. Uh, but they, they obviously don't, don't agree with you entirely on that, Chris. BYU doesn't. Who are you? That's so weird that BYU, BYU and I have, BYU and I have a difference <laughs> of opinion. <laughs> I have I my own honor code, actually, and mine seems to be a little more... Um, guided by a moral compass yeah exactly actually i really yeah. do believe that i'm uh-huh. not i 
I honestly view BYU as a punitive institution, as yeah. an institution that just seems like a lot of unhappiness. Right. I know for me, I would be so unhappy. Right. Um, no, like, and, 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 you know, if, if, if you're taking your morality from an institution, right, if you're letting an institution uh, teach you its morality, there have been compromises guaranteed that have gotten to that inst- to that point for that institution and their sense of what's right mm-hmm. and wrong right whereas what you need to be doing <laughs> is coming up with um or looking to you know other sources where it's strictly about the right and the wrong and then struggling with those those some of those difficult issues and difficult decisions that you have to make yes. as far as like your attitude about um, what is correct and what is not correct and how you carry yourself and in, in the world. Right. And uh, spot on, right? Like this is not an easy thing and it's something that everybody uh, alive needs to do, which is wrestle with their own sense of right and wrong morality and there and, and come to a morality mm-hmm. that is just and good. Right. It is easy to take an institution's yep. teachings or whatever on on what is right and That's wrong. That's a brilliant take, and I, Frank. And I, and I guarantee you that it has been sullied by their experience. Of course. Right? Of course. And that it is not as, I mean, I don't want to say pure as what you would come up with on your own, but essentially. No, it right? is. Well, and here's, here's what I'm saying. Um, Mormons like to say this by your fruit by their fruits you shall know them right right yeah um and i believe and i'm going to talk about byu byu is punitive and they're discriminatory and as far as my moral compass is concerned mm-hmm. that is not morality right to be exclusive discriminatory and punitive that is not morality and morality is not about what you put in your body or who you have sex with. It's about Correct. how Unless you you're treat. <laughs> yeah. It's about how you treat people. Right. And BYU fails right. miserably. Right. They make people feel awful. Right. And the LGBTQ people that I know that have come out of BYU have trauma. Absolutely. For the most part have trauma. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, in the fall of last year... A study was done out of the University of Georgia, Athens, okay. by, uh, and I think he's actually, he might still identify as Mormon, but he um, surveyed thousands of Mormons from what I understand. Uh-huh. And this is a project he's been working on for almost four years. Right. But the author of this uh, research paper found out that 74% of people with an LDS background who identify as LGBTQ+, mm-hmm. 74% have symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Dear God. That's almost three quarters percent of people, LGBTQ people with backgrounds in Mormonism. Wow. Huh. That's sick. So, well, that, well, I think we should probably just leave it there. If that's not a takeaway. Cool. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. Now, now you're being quiet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Here I am interrupting your whole story. <laughs> I just no, Chris. Thank I you so much. I got something for, to say. <laughs> thank you so much for being here today. Um, I always just love hosting with you. You're so much fun. Um, but 
if uh, if any of you would like to join the conversation by uh, sending us some feedback, uh, we always appreciate it. Please send us an email. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is our email address. 424-666-8442 is our telephone number. 666, <laughs> Find us on Facebook at uh, TGI Atheist. Um, that's uh, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Uh, we also have the Members Only Lounge on Facebook. Uh, you can search for it there. Um, we need to thank Danny and Amy as our moderators on Facebook. They do such a great job keeping the conversation on topic and uh, polite. Uh, also, we need to thank Mackenzie for uh, all of the work that she also does uh, on our Facebook page. Um, big thanks goes out to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music and also Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks again to Chris. Uh, Dan will be back next week. Looking forward to chatting with you all soon again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs>